Preach. Preach. I'm preaching, right? I mean, it, preach, well, Bailey. Thanks, Bailey. Medium rare. I love when Bailey goes rogue. Yeah, I'm going rogue. Glorious dank splendor. Let me preach for a second. The dankness, 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 dankness. She's red and the sky is falling. I'm still synthesizing how I am. That's pretty rare. Let's just kick it, Dan. So, Dan, are we on episode four today? I think we're on episode four. I think we're on episode four, Arno. That That's an Congratulations achievement. Congratulations to you, my friend. Congratulations. Um, don't want to play favorites, but I do feel like uh, with every episode, I get increasingly excited about our guests. Uh, who, who do we have today, Dan, as our special guest? We have somebody very, very special streaming in live from Western Europe, we got Mr. Carlos Marcial, a good friend of yours. Woo! Yeah, I love, I love Carlos. Uh, we go way back. I can always count when, when the bullshit meter starts to go up, and I hear like everybody saying what they just think everybody else wants to hear. Like I, I go to Carlos's Twitter feed because I know he's actually gonna like cut through all the noise. He has a way of being like super succinct and crisp, but also like brilliant, right? So I, I can never get enough of Carlos. And quickly, to introduce ourselves, in case you're joining us for the first the time, I am Dan Sickles. And I am Art Gnome Jason Bailey, a.k.a. Art Gnome. <laughs> and we are here on The Dankness, hosting some of the best minds in the cryptosphere for some conversation about their work, their life, and we're digging into a little bit of some crypto mythology. Crypto magic. But first, really weird. a pre-roll. Hey y'all, this is Hannah, one of the producers behind I'm New Here, Depop Studios' forthcoming documentary film, directed by your lovely Dankness host, slash Sundance Grand Jury Award winner, Dan Sickles. The film tells the story of an isolated internet user who falls down the crypto rabbit hole, encounters the visionaries behind the NFT movement, and ultimately rediscovers their connection to art and humanity along the way. I know I'm a little biased, but this is the definitive NFT documentary made for and by the community. So I'm calling on you, dear listener, to help us successfully complete this film by becoming a newbie collector today. I'm talking about our film's very own NFT collection of 10,000 avatars whose pixelicious traits pay homage to our iconic Y'all, the amazing thing about becoming a newbie collector is that we've partnered with a roster of incredible artists in our community to bring you the dankest artist collaborations made exclusively for newbie holders for free. That means the newbie is the best and most accessible way to start your own crypto art collection. So open that browser tab right now. Come on, you little me you're holding your phone and go to newhere.xyz and mint. Oh, wow. 
second floor, third day. Capture the magic of the, uh, the three sleepyheads. All the all the glitz and glamour behind the scenes of the dankness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that was actually sort of what I was gonna, I guess, show and tell today, because like I don't have much more to talk about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I keep seeing OE everywhere on on Twitter. And I thought like forties were making a comeback. Like you know, people are like you know, drinking. Like I was waiting for Colt Forty Five to trend or whatever. I'm like, oh e, oh e. I only, yeah, I only like recently realized like, oh, open editions uh, are like you know, uh, must be like making a some kind of noise. And then I know we're sort of in in memesville with like six five two nines. Memes were sort of mooning there for a bit and. It sounds like there's sort of some some meme battles. Yeah, no, the the meme wars are in full force for sure. We're here for the party. Um, and... I mean, you know, I like we have we have rare Skrilla and like that the OG sort of like rare Pepe fake rare crew who have like <laughs> oh, then sort of started building on Ethereum. Um, there's there's him Carcinated, uh, Viva La Vandal. I'm gonna forget a few. Um, like they're yeah whatever they're they're going to battle basically <laughs> in in the meme card game also trying to I think bring attention back to like the the original rare Pepe cards that's my Pepe um, but then you also have Sergito who's like doing this whole derivative meme card homage to the me bits called seize the memes i am your creator um, and yeah it se- it seems like you know over the ne- the next few months the NFT meta is really going to be dominated by, uh, you know, these, these meme cards. That's where it all comes from. Like, people forget sometimes. We got so serious about NFTs and, like, talking up our, our bags and trying to make money and this, that, and the other. But, like, it really was the meme of um, a meme economy, which is a meme itself, right? Like, this idea that, like, it, it which was so freaking absurd, like, you know, six, seven years ago. Like, it was, it was actually a thing because it was absurd, right? Like, this idea that, like, someday... We'll buy and sell memes, right? Like that's about as ridiculous a thing as we can think of. And now we're like, well, yeah, of course we do, right? Yeah. Like, and now we have a meme war, you know. And it's just, a, it's a natural thing that you would buy and sell them. I don't. Know. I used to say that memes were the most important art of this generation, uh, mostly because I like to piss people off and like, you know, shake, uh, stir the pot a little bit. But I, I do think that there may be one of the most exciting and unique sort of things that we have in this generation that like. I don't. I guess there's maybe cultural precedent for for memetics and memes or whatever. Kind of like we own that. We've taken it to like the next level. For sure. Yeah, I think, I, and and we're finding new forms for how memes memes can live, too. You know, I don't think we'd like traditionally like, like look at a baseball card and be like, oh, that that's a meme. You know, we would think of it as as a baseball card, but put in like this digital form, uh, it, it does it does feel a bit different. Um, but it also, I mean. It is, like you're saying, like a meme economy mm-hmm. built on a meme. But yeah, no, I, it's 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 a lot of fun. I think you're actually, you're friends with Cosimo. Um, and I think he's also starting his own meme card collection. Yeah, we, we chatted not, not a couple now. weeks ago and he was hinting at some of it. I didn't get um, the, the full details. But yeah, I think memes are in the air, right? Like I'm not... I. You know, I make so many predictions that it's inevitable that one of them will come true. That's the the advantage of making lots of different con- con- contrary uh, predictions. But my latest thing, I do feel like there's gonna be a human rebellion 
to a lot of this AI stuff. And I don't say that naively. I mean, I worked in an AI startup for five years and I'm pretty you know, familiar with where we're at technology wise, but it's so easy to produce so much work. Yes, there's great AI art out there, but in addition to that, it's so easy to produce like huge oh, volumes right. of work that I think we're going to see a backlash and people are going to want to move towards things that like feel like they can't be produced in massive volumes and, and maybe have like this human, like extra dose of human element and memes may be it. We may be seeing it, right? Like this kind of push mm. towards um, towards memes may be part part of that um, part of that backlash. I I hear you for sure. I think though, to your point about AI and how and how much you can produce in terms of quantity, like I think that that to sort of match that the aura and the enigma of the artist making those works can also scale relative to the quantity of works that they're producing. So I'm, I'm also excited to see how certain AI artists are, are also able to sort of like, sort of carry the, the, these huge collections and like these big bodies of work forward in ways that aren't actually rooted in um, a human experience all the time, you know, or are maybe like, you know, sort of like different combinations of different human experiences. And that is referred to as like this particular AI artist. Um, it could be a collective, something like that. But yeah, I mean, like there, there's so much, there's so much with AI art that still fascinates me. And I, I actually, I, I am collecting AI art, I, like a bit on, on the side right now. I'd say, I'd say it's sort of my focus, like next to, you know, checking out like, what generative art is is still sort of available love it yeah i'm waiting for the prices to fall i mean Um, i i kind of started collecting ai art in 2017 (laughs) 2018 or whatever like the early the you know the gan stuff right um the gan crew and um the text prompt stuff i'm Mm -hmm. always on the lookout for something i like and there are a couple artists here and there you know that that i find interesting but to me you know people that want to push back on me sometimes will compare it to photography right and they're like well, it's like photography and, you know, that's like kind of taken off and that anybody can like take a photo, but there's some some really great photographers that I've said exactly like actually, you know, I worked at a, um, a one hour photo lab for one summer and it was like the worst job I ever had because most photos actually aren't art or at least aren't artistically pleasing or interesting. Right. Like, you know, there's a, there are people that can use a camera to produce things that are that are amazing that we find really interesting. But I would call bullshit on anyone who's like, well, you know what I like to do is just look at everybody's random photos of anything. In fact, like it's sort of I'm older than you guys, but it's sort of famously like the worst thing in the 80s would be like your neighbors come back from like a vacation and they would bring slides and they would literally have this like this manual slide reel and show you like a thousand photos of like trees in like, you know, Hawaii or whatever, you know, from their vacation. And like you, you had to pretend like you were interested and you were like stuck in their house or whatever. So like. To me, my Twitter feed, like in terms of the AI art that I see coming across, it feels kind of like that that uh, slide projector thing, you know, where I'm like, oh, man, like a lot of this looks the same and like the barrier to produce it so low. But of course, I appreciate it. You know, the, the occasional artists, you know. Yeah, of course you do. Definitely. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I think I think there is like sort of a there is a, a growing sort of. Um, distinguishing divide maybe between AI sort of collaborative artists who are training, creating their own training algorithms and people who are employing sort of pre-trained algorithms and sort of like messing around on platforms um, and just sort of like 
posting art that way for sure. But yeah, you've been a long, you've been a steward of, of AI art really since, since, uh, yeah, since yeah, the, the, yeah. The start of it. Yeah. I mean, just in case I haven't offended, um, uh, enough <laughs> people already, um, Oh crap! I, I think I lost my my uh, my train of thought there, but I, I had sort of a, a follow on on the, uh, the the AI thing. But it, it'll be interesting. I we know that in, throughout our history, there's always the pendulum always swings, right? You know, we go in one direction, everyone gets really excited about one thing, and then we sort of see a rebellion to it, and we swing back the other direction. And I think it's just where we all are, sort of um, uh, in our journey there. But hey, you, so. Can you talk about, um, I know this is sort of our show and tell, and we were going to talk about how none of us have slept, but can you talk about your trip to West Virginia? I'm kind of excited to hear about that. Or is that, is that top secret? Yeah, I can, <clears throat> I can talk about that. I think that what we should do, I, cause he said that he yeah. would be, he so do we want to come on a secret an and just like not even say what you did there? Um, like, so let's leave this yeah. part in as a teaser. No one will no Okay, cool. But it was, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, you know quite well who this person is and like, uh, yeah, they're brilliant. And, you know, it's, it's funky because like, it's also such a weird way of producing. Like we, we brought a bunch of like LiDAR cameras and, um, you know, like we, we had our iPhones and like we, we were messing with like some some nerf technology and stuff like this. Like we're messing with AI for, for these particular sequences. Um, and it's kind of like it's kind of like going to camp in a way because like, it, you know, we, we have these tools, but we don't exactly know how they're going to play uh, on camera or in a film. Like a lot of people are using LiDAR right now to take scans of real estate, right, for like selling apartments and, and whatever commercial real estate but like we're we're really finding ways of like integrating this really cool tech that like sort of like will introduce different environments as 3d spaces right so like rather than them potentially just fading in to a shot we can sort of fade into an, an actual 3d object that is the space that this so, yeah, context for folks in. you're saying like for for the documentary that you're doing uh new here like the documentary you're doing on nfts you're doing some on-site like 3D scanning um, of environments as a way to bring in, um, you know, uh, some contrast to the film, like a way, you know, sort of an interesting storytelling device. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think that's something I'm, I'm always interested in is like pushing the aesthetic yeah, boundaries sure. of, of nonfiction. Right. So um, and I think that what a lot of people might ah! expect from 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 a doc about nfts is sort of like a bunch of floating heads being like okay this happened and this happened and then the next person and oh, you know wow. I, you and i we did film in a green screen studio and and i think something that i can say too is like very very soon we are going to be premiering sort of like bits and and there, there will be more details about this but of, of what that really looks like sort of like built out and like what these worlds look like um, and I guess to sort of bring, bring it back around to like the AI conversation, like something that I've been working on a lot this week and is also why I'm so tired uh, is because I've been I've been working with our VFX and animation crew um, there in Bangkok. So like, you know, we we wake up, I wake up super early in New York. They're up late in Bangkok and um, we're just we're working in Unreal Engine to 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 really build out again, like these, these environments, they're like very, they're familiar sort of to gamers uh, as, as kind of like, like video game 
worlds, you know, but instead of sort of like, um, <laughs> like, like, a battle taking place or something like that or something mythical um you know like we're, we're actually creating these really cool spaces where the artists in the the green screen studios that that's actually where they've been placed so like they're sitting in these these worlds that are actually built from uh the art that that they make um one that i'm really really excited about is is snowfro actually like he's he's sitting in this building essentially constructed of squiggles and they just look monumental in scale and it's like really cool to play with them that way and something that i just didn't have appreciation for going into this process because like my my typical process is much more mm -hmm. grounded in the meat verse it's not it's not so reliant on vfx and animation is just how tedious the that process is of like building out those worlds um, and, and building them out well is also the trick. Like, I think there's probably a lot of shortcuts people can take to like, you know, make a kind of what could be identified as like a knockoff sort of like 3d environment, but to really make them special and to make them shine and unique to every individual artist, which is the challenge think, here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, that kind of goes full lot, circle yeah. back to where we started, right. Where it's like, you're, you're talking about not taking shortcuts or actually maybe like authentically pouring yourself into something and you know like you could even with lidar or these 3d environments much like ai art or any kind of art you know like i'm always suspicious when someone's like i like ai art i'm like well like all of it like you know you like people don't say like like i like sculpture <laughs> or i like painting right like you know some of it appeals to you and some of it exactly. doesn't yeah. so like my trendy like radar goes off when like people are like don't you love gen art or like, don't you love AI art? I'm like, well, yeah, of course some of it, but like not all, like the fact that something fits a category doesn't instantly make me love it. Right. And I think you're hinting at that even with your 3d environments, like, yeah, you know, there's probably a fast way to like check the box and be like, okay, we made one of these things, but like the use of technology in and of itself doesn't make anything interesting to me, I guess. Absolutely. Which is which was also part of the conversation that we were having in West Virginia, and hopefully that mind will come hang with us on the dankness. But first, we are going to get to who do we have? Who do we have at the door? Oh, that is Mr. Carlos, Carlos Marcial, ladies and gentlemen. Carlos in the house. So we're gonna get straight to him real quick. But first. We got a pre-roll. Stella, take us out. That's right, baby. Hey, friends. This is Art Gnome reminding you that at Club NFT, you can analyze the health of your entire NFT collection, back up and protect your NFTs in a single click, get personalized recommendations on which art and artists to collect next, Read great articles from Right Click Save, the world's leading Web3 culture publication. At Club NFT, you can kick back, relax, knowing your collection is safe. Back up your collection. Your JPEGs will thank you. Testing, 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 and we are back with our guest for today, Mr. Carlos Marcial. Back. 
Carlos, a huge fan of Carlos. He's a Mexico City-born Puerto Rican digital artist involved in crypto art since 2019. Uh, he's most recently relocated with his family to the beautiful coast of Western Europe. Um, he's made a living from creating blockchain art, something Carlos speaks a lot about and which we'll touch on today. Um, but before becoming one of the first full-time crypto artists, Marcial helped establish a studio in Toronto, Canada, that specialized mm -hmm. in design services for blockchain projects and companies. It was there that Carlos first discovered NFTs. His art is mesmerizing and ranges from 3D realism to what some may refer to as protest or political art to digital artifacts honoring the cultures that made him who he is. Some works I suggest you spend time with, which of course there are many, um, as Carlos is quite prolific, but highlights for me include the blockchain is the message, his first mint, Silencio, Run, Satoshi Run, and a cat named Infinity. Martial is currently expanding his artistic practice into algorithmic and generative art as well. Carlos is the definition of an OG, as crypto native as it gets, and he's a constant inspiration to artists everywhere. If you need a boost of confidence, check out Carlos on Twitter at Carlos Marcial Alt. That's C-A-R-L-O-S-M-A-R-C-I-A-L-T. And you'll immediately feel empowered to go wild and create. Blank. A fact I love to mention about Carlos is that he majored in film at the University of Puerto Rico, a campus yeah. I've personally visited quite a few times myself. Art Gnome, I know that you and Carlos go back quite a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, Carlos is my, my go-to person when I feel like I'm out of step with the whole world. When I see like what, what's going on and no one seems to be talking about what was actually going on, <laughs> I, I reach out to Carlos and I'm like, dude, do I see what I think I'm seeing? Like, is this what's because he'll always like tell it to me straight, right? So when I launched Right Click Save, one of the first artists I wanted to interview was Carlos, right? Like whenever reporters reach out to me and they're like, you know, what artist should I talk to to really understand what's going on in you know the crypto art space? I immediately send them to Carlos, right? Because you're gonna get um, a super thoughtful, intelligent, but unvarnished like answer to your questions and into like what's really going on. And I think. I have a theory for why this is, and we'll, we'll get into this, but where Carlos came in in 2019, that's a down year, right? Like people, most people come in because they see dollar signs flashing and they're trying to get on the gravy train or whatever. But like Carlos becomes part of this culture because he actually cares about the culture. He's someone who cares about art. He cares about crypto. You can see his work isn't just like, oh, I'm going to sell some NFTs. He's thinking about sort of decentralization and like, you know, social change that could happen from a lot of these things. Thank and it's coming through, you know, in, in the work. So excited to have Carlos today uh, because just any chance I have to have a conversation with him is awesome because he's going to tell it like it is. Right. We're not going to walk around on like pins and needles and like bullshit about what's going on. Like, you know, life is life and people, you know, all these artists and collectors and builders in the space are real people. Right. And like. When, when everybody else is trying to put up a facade or say what they think people want to hear, like, you know, Carlos just tells it like it is. So I'm jazzed to have the conversation today. Mr. Marcial, how are you, thank sir? You. Thank you. for I'm for, doing super well. Yeah, thank you for hopping super into the Dankness studio with us. The Dankness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know. Like, that was the best intro I was telling you, you know, before we started. Like, that. I'm, I'm super happy um, to be here once again. 
um, to tell it like it is, you know. So I'm excited to just talk about like the state maybe of crypto art and NFTs currently. I think it's like we're in a good position. Like it's a good in terms of timeline because um, we are connected to like the crypto cycles and stuff. So now probably is the best time to have discussions around what's going on, right? Because you don't have the hype that we had, you know, um, even like a year, year and a half ago. So this is the moment to be having like this kind of um, debates and discussions and conversations for, you know, definitely. There's two questions that I sort of have, I guess, on the back of that. One is one is more practical and sort of superficial topical. And the other is really about sort of where you're headed in terms of art practice. Mm -hmm. I think maybe Mm -hmm. to sort of start with maybe something more logistic, right? Um, You know, you, you talk about being sort of a full-time crypto artist. Um, I'm wondering, you know, with this market downturn and all of that, how much you can tell us about how you're able to manage your finances when it comes to, you know, being dependent on a currency that is more mm-hmm. volatile than the dollar, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm right now, I'm, after I'm done with this, I'm putting my taco stand, you know, outside my home so I can sell <laughs> some tacos and, you know, make some extra income. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's 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 a, it's it's one of those um, things that I try not to shy away from, like and have like an open, honest discussion about it, because you know it's a it's an integral part of like you know the whole crypto art system. The fact that we're exchanging our art for a volatile asset, and you know, and, and that's probably one of the most challenging things you know to ask from an artist is to kind of like. Like especially with with crypto art, where you like a, a lot of us do almost everything, and that's kind of like how yeah. we got started. You know, like we, we create the art, we we do the marketing, right? But then you, you you're the salesperson too. You're the one, you know, um, um, having conversations with the with the collectors. Like there's no gallery, and you know it's that it's good and bad it's like everything it's like any new you know um evolution in in, in whatever it might be where technology is involved like you're gonna have the good um but with the good comes the bad too right and 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 the other thing is like you know you you have to be able to kind of like you know navigate you know the financial world if you want to be able to survive from from crypto art i mean in in my case I think I was lucky that I got involved with crypto before, you know, I got into crypto art. So I was making designs um, for a, right. I, I was art director for a design studio in, in Toronto, in, in Canada. Um, and they were paying me in Bitcoin, my salary. Okay. Because that's kind of like, and it, it was not something that I chose. It's like, you know, this guy told me, this is what I have. Like, if you want to work with me, you're going to get your salary paid in Bitcoin. Mm. And this was to, like, more or less, like, in terms of cycle, it would be right around where we are right now, but in the past cycle. So it was 2018 when I started working. Yeah, yeah, like, um, uh, like this third quarter of 2018. And I started working for this company and they were paying me in Bitcoin. Um, so I had to kind of like, and, and I had already bought Bitcoin like many, many, many years ago in 2012. And I remember the price of Bitcoin because I bought half a, I, I bought half a Bitcoin and it was $60. I paid $60 for half a Bitcoin. 
So I know that when I bought it, it was $120 oh, wow. for, for one Bitcoin. Um, and But then I, I forgot about it. Like I, I, I sold and I didn't came back until I got this opportunity mm. um, with this company. <clears throat> I didn't understood at that point. I was, I was into art. I was into film. I wanted to become an artist. And once again, like you have this contradiction, like, you know, like you want to be an artist and you want to be able to live off your art. We are constantly being told that if you like find a way to make money and if you get into like too much of the financial sides of things, like a uh, side of things, it's like, you know, like, no, you're an artist. You should only be thinking about art and you should only be thinking art. about creating. Art it is. And I mean, and it's not like that, you know, like it's, it's, it's much more complicated than that. So I think that was luck, you know, art is very scary. It is, it is when, when you're full-time artist, it's, it's, it's scary, you know? Um, I think everybody wants to be like a full-time artist until you become a full-time artist and you have to figure out everything, you know, how sure. am I going to like do this? I think that's why, that's why I start there really, because it's such a, it's such a volatile career path. And on top of it, you're being paid in a currency that, that is also very much figuring itself out and what its own value is. Um, I'm wondering, you know, if an artist is to come to you in 2023 and say, you know what, like, I, I want to do the same thing and divest from a fiat based system. Mm -hmm. Where, where are there some places uh, to sort of direct them or, or point them for sort of how to start to future, build in a similar way? Future. To I think, I mean, I, I've been devouring every website, every blog post, you know, that I've been able to get my hands on regarding crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, then eventually I got into like buying books. Like just recently I read the, the I think it's called The Infinite Machine. It's by this Ch Chilean author. Um, like it's the history of, of Ethereum. Mm. Um, and that's really good. That's that's amazing book. Um, I just bought the Bitcoin standard. I cannot pronounce the, the author, so don't make me like pronounce the name. But it's I know it's one of like one of like the standards, right? Like a lot of people that are into like Bitcoin and trying to move away from like a fiat system. Like that's one of the, the the books that they recommend. So I think it's 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 a matter of of education, right? Um, and once you and I, I saw a lot of like also like YouTube documentaries about kind of like mm. you know um, the fiat system, you know about um, uh, fractionalized banking, you know about how central banks you know print money without consideration for inflation, and I guess that's kind of like where we are right now in terms of um, <laughs> of economy. So and then you just kind of like you know you 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 fall, you fall down the, the rabbit hole. And, and, and at some point, when I started getting my salary in Bitcoin, it felt like a video game, but in real life, where you know you have like a scarce digital asset that everybody's going to be fighting for. Mm. It was like that. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I, when, when I got it, when I really, really that got it, it was like, fuck, I need to move fast. I need to be able to get more of that fucking Bitcoin because if I'm not getting it, you know, the other guy is getting in. And, and I know that sounds terrible. Like if you, if you see it from like a Mars expert perspective, right. From like, it's terrible, but, but it's like any, you know, it's, it's that, that's the whole idea with scarcity, you know, like, um, so when I figured when that click 
inside my head it was like okay this is what i want i don't i don't want i don't want dollars i don't want euros i don't want mexican pesos you know much less argentinian pesos they've been devalued like 95% in only one year you know and when when i, I especially with like in latin america i think it's a little bit easier to understand this kind of things because i have like my father in law telling me about the famous devaluation um, of the Mexican peso in 1994, okay? Um, just around the corner with the TLC, El Tratado de Libre Comercio, like with the, with the free trade agreement between Mexico, the US and, and Canada. And, you know, and, and that just made, you know, the Mexican peso um, overnight fall like for like 50%, something like that. So he tells me the story of like having his money in Mexican pesos on his bank account and the next day seeing that it was worth uh, half, you know, what it was worth the day before. So you start like hearing those kind of stories and you say, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Mm, you know, yeah. if, if, you, if you keep your savings in that kind of like monetary system in the long run, it's, you know, it's not good. It's not good. So, yeah, yeah, that's like you, you need to be able to understand those kind of things, you know, and because if you don't understand those kind of things, especially as an artist, you're just going to you, you're going to get really scared every time the market goes up and down. You're going to like, yeah, you, you don't have the conviction. You need to have some kind of conviction. You need to be able to understand, you know, and education, like, like you're saying, it, you have to read and you have to really absorb as much as you possibly can to, to know um, as much about the, the system that you're working in. Right. Because exactly. So new. Exactly. And, you know, what if you're an artist like I, I'm, I'm I, I kept a lot of the crypto like I, I, I because I've, I've been leaving off crypto for almost five years wow. now, like even before I got into NFTs, like I haven't received any like us dollars or euros no in like five wow. years and i have a i mean i have my partner my wife and three kids so we've been able my wife and i to sustain a, a family of five for almost five years now with only crypto coming in right so it's it's possible that's incredible but but it's it's at times you know it's it's been difficult like you know um but but my wife and in my case that I'm married, I need to have a partner that is that is with me in this that understands also. And I think at this point, probably my wife is the one that understands more than I do how to run a family, how to run an enterprise, how to run a company only using cryptocurrencies. You know, I just make the art. Shout out to all the crypto <laughs> partners uh, yes. in the world, holding it together yes. for real. Yes. Um, but I guess, you know, like sort of like the more this, the second question there uh, and like sort mm -hmm. of a deeper, more, more internal one is, you know, we, we mentioned off the top that you are also sort of expanding your practice um, and pushing it in, mm -hmm. in new ways uh, into sort of this, this more generative art. Uh, yeah. practice i'm i'm interested in future. that and like if We're that is also sort of like internet. coming at the same time intentionally or not sort of in this bear market like are you using this as an opportunity to be like i'm i'm expanding i'm pushing for definitely it? for sure and this is something that i learned from my mom like my mom she didn't study um economics or finance but once again 
she was, you know, um, single mother, um, and she had to, like, you know, run the, the whole um, household, take care of me and my brother, have a couple of jobs. So she has that kind of, like, you know, street savvy economic kind of thinking, I would say. Um, and she would always tell me whenever there's a recession and you can extrapolate that word to, you know, it might be like a bear market in crypto or it can be like a real recession. You know, if, if the U.S. government announces that, you know, we're going to have a recession this year, it doesn't matter. You can extrapolate it to, to any kind of like, you know, downturn in any kind of market. And she would always tell me when I was growing up that when a recession hits, I don't know where she got it from. Maybe she used like, but she 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 used to to tell me when a recession hits, it's the best time to go back to university. It's the best time to go back and study. Exactly. It's the best time. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's right, baby. Can you tell us a bit about sort of like what what that means for you as an artist and and in terms of how what you're learning, what what you're practicing right now, that's sort of expanding your vocabulary as Carlos the artist. For sure, um, it's it's been learning learning to code, basically. Like I I I've been thinking lately that I've had in my career as a digital artist, like maybe like four moments that have you know impacted me. Um, one is when I started doing 3D and I figured and I found out that I could do it. You know that that whatever I like I remember watching like the first. Um, Toy Story movie in the 90s when I was a teenager and that thing that I thought you know you needed like a whole studio like just I mean obviously like making a, a movie is difficult even today with all the technology but 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 the techniques right like the, the technology that they were using back then to make to, to make to make Toy Story they were now available to me right and then like a lot of like def- different like rendering eight engines came Came about like Octane. I still use Octane, but then you have like Redshift, and you know they were priced very well. So you could like like I pay a monthly subscription to Octane. I've been paying it for 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 a lot of years. Um, and then I I could do like PDR rendering, which is physically based rendering, right? Where it's calculating all the all the that's the yeah all the light passes. And then when I when I saw that I was that I could do that, you know. Um, in my PC at home, it's one. It, it, it was the first moment where I figured, okay, this is re- revolutionary. You know, this changes everything. Damn. This changes everything. Um, I think the second time was when I discovered crypto, right? Where, I, where, where, where that I could sell my design um, for instead of fiat money, I could sell it for for Bitcoin. Um, and I discovered crypto and I discovered what, what it, you know, what it meant, what it could possibly do for the world. That's the second, uh, moment, transformative moment. The third moment is, um, the NFTs, obviously NFTs that's probably still the biggest, you know, <laughs> transformative thing that, that has happened in, in my life as a digital artist. And then the, the fourth one is when I realized how well, you know, generative art and code-based art um, integrated with the whole crypto art ethos and with the whole thing, like you can have the hash of the transaction be the one generating the randomness. And, and, and that just blew my mind. And, it, and I, it felt like, you know, this is truly, even though generative art, you know, it's, it's, 
relatively old, you know, right now comes from the 60s, you know, and even you could argue that even before computers, you could have, you can, you have systems, right? And you could create art with, with systems. Um, but when, but I think it was kind of like uh, a match made in heaven, those two. A match made in heaven. Possibilities, but... So... <laughs> So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of like yeah. I, I said to myself, okay, you know, the market is it's slowing down. Um, I just got a couple of different courses, and I'm, and I've been learning how to code. Like I've used all of 2000, 2022. I was gonna say 2018, 2022 to just learn how, how to code. And I actually put out my last NFT on Superword was was done using javascript and 3js which is a library for doing 3d stuff so i'm i'm still doing 3d it's just that i found out that i could do um 3d stuff with with code and you know it, it's been one of the most satisfying mind-blowing experiences of all my career it's been fun as hell so i have like a, a million questions uh carlos uh i gotta try yeah, to figure yeah. out where i want to start actually i'm gonna start I with see your i see your mind working <laughs> bailey i see you like nodding and grooving i'm like where is he gonna go i've got art questions i've got life questions i've got philosophy <laughs> questions i i want to start with sort of an art question that just trails on from uh, uh follows on from what you were just talking about right. which is like a lot of generative art, by uh, the nature of the way it's, uh, it's created, it tends to be sort of abstract, right? Um, and I think there's lots of um, uh, value and com communicative value in generative art, but it's a little bit harder to maybe tell a story than with like figurative art, like representational art, right? So as someone who's just crossed the bridge from 3D art that has like figures and, you know, recognizable shapes and objects that you can assemble in a way to tell uh, a more direct story. Maybe it's not more direct, but it feels like it would be to someone who's moving into a, a medium that is inherently more abstract. Does it feel like it's changing what you can say and how you say it? Or are you finding ways to say the same thing in a new medium? Or are you excited to say different things in a new medium? <laughs> it's a little bit of like uh, all of them, but, but, I mean, if it's only code base, I'm able to um, integrate kind of like figures and, and make it a little bit more figurative. Right now, I'm building a generative series, um, and it's only kind of like using, um, you know, the code. Like I'm, I'm not bringing in any 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 3D objects. So so that's gonna be a, a, an interesting oh, nice. ch challenge. Um, although there are ways of making parametric objects using only code, right? I, I can like, you know, um, because it's what, what you're talking about, it's something that I've had in my mind constantly um, since I began um, learning how to code and I began, you know, seeing, uh, learning about generative art. Um, and, and I'm doing something um, that has like a, influenced by, um, I was raised in the Caribbean um, in Puerto Rico. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Caribbean part of Mexico, like Tulum, Cancun, Playa del Carmen. Um, and I'm making a, a, a generative series that integrates um, parametric made shells. Okay? This sounds uh, awesome. So, oh, so, wow. so it's a way of, of, of kind of like bringing in and being able to tell a story with 3D objects that can be, you know, made uh, coming to into existence with only code, and since they're parametric, 
they can be generative, right? They can change, you know, because you change the, 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 the parameters of this shell and then you don't have the big one, you have the one and you have like a, a different kind of shells. So since I come from like more of like a figurative artist, um, I've been I've been trying, right? But it's a challenge, as you mentioned, to kind of like keep it in the same vein, in the same line. But I'm not uh, afraid. Like once I probably establish myself, you know, as a as a algorithmic algorithmic generative artist, I wouldn't mind, you know expanding and doing more um, abstract stuff. And I think I have interesting ways of making those works um, tell a story, maybe even be politicized. You know, um, I, I think working with algorithms, it's, it's very interesting socially and politically in itself, um, even if you're making abstract stuff, because, you know, Arguably, all of our lives, right, are um, are mediated by by algorithms, right, and, and and the impact of algorithms. I I started reading a book not long ago. I I need to I keep reading it. I, I stopped reading it. You know, life gets in the way. Um, and I think it's called um, algorithms, weapons of math destruction. So it's a it's a critical view on algorithms, right? And how they've been used in like, for example, I think one of the, the examples that they give at the very beginning is kind of like they're using it to um, uh, evaluate teachers in Chicago, right? So you don't have a human anymore evaluating things. So you just feed the computer, you know, all these data points. And, but then you get all these professors and teachers that when you go speak to the communities in Chicago, they will tell you they're great professors. They're great teachers. Right. Why is the algorithm telling me that I should, you know, fire that teacher? Um, the automating so, so, of humanity. Right, right. right. And, 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 and somebody's automating that and, and those humans still have biases. That's the most right? beautiful, um, beautiful, not to cut you off because I was just going to say yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. answer because like I see you bringing not only your personal past, like where you grew up, right, um, and who you are as a person into art, which is always like the best like art is like when people can fully get themselves into it, but also your own practice, right? Like you're not abandoning your old practice and like starting something new, but you're bringing the, those skills and that perspective in. And like you talked about how it's hard, right? But like you don't say like it's hard, so like I don't want to do it. Like the fact that it's hard is what's going to make your work so good, right? Because like you're finding ways, you know, to, I mean, to bring mm. that in. And it's cool. Yeah, it got me thinking we'll have to have a separate conversation because no one wants to hear me talk about 2002 Mel script for Maya, but like you can do a lot of programming for, for uh, 3d yeah. stuff, but like talking about, about like hard, like a lot of the, like the early days um, when you and I would talk about like what we were really trying to build before it came around NFTs was like a new art world, right? I don't think that's an exaggeration where people all around the world mm -hmm. could have opportunities instead of just the people that were born with the right connections or in the right geographies and like, I feel like you've always been very vocal and real about what your prospects were um, prior to NFTs and what NFTs did for you, right? And so I've got sort of a famous two-part Jason question here. My questions always ramble, but like <laughs> one is like after the place, the space kind of exploded, I heard a lot of people 
pushing back saying like no this is all the same people that did well in the traditional art world it's not it's not global it's not you know, like you know it, it hasn't represented a new change for for people that were outside the market it has all the same problems as the old art market and like i want to hear your your thoughts on that um you know has that become true mm-hmm. was that ever true but then the other question that is kind of tied to it right um because I, I don't want the first one to be a loaded question is could there be a Carlos Marcial that starts today, like, you know, in, in the crypto art space? Or has that, was that a time period where, you know, people mm-hmm. that got in early did really well? And now maybe there's so many people trying to get in, get in that it can't be there. So that's why I see these two questions as connected. Mm-hmm. One is like, mm-hmm. was there a time when it really did represent new opportunities for artists around the world? And has maybe has that window closed? Ah, man, that's a, definitely like a, a, it's a Bailey a question. Long, it's a Bailey question for sure. Um, I, I, I wanted to say something a little bit before. Fuck, what I was thinking about. Let me. Oh. Anyways, I'll, I'll just go straight into into your questions because I, I. Oh yeah, okay, I, I got it. I got it. I, I. It's when when those questions arise in my head. Right, like, would I been able to do the same things that I've done if I had come into the game a little bit later? I I dwell on those questions. I come up with different answers probably at different times, depending maybe of how I'm feeling, you know. Um, but one thing stays the same is, and I think you you mentioned this at the in the intro. It's like when I got into all of this, wasn't for the money, right? Um, and I and I think you know, kind of like artistic movements. It doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of medium it is, if it's like you know visual arts or literature or whatever it might be. I feel you know like if you if we I mean I haven't done the research, but it would be interesting. Like whenever you have people believing something before there's a market for it like like the markets right and it's a mix of like capital and cultural capital it has a funny way right of rewarding the people that you know that were real right like they they, they weren't in it because they they they, they were in, in in it maybe for the right reasons right um and that doesn't mean that people that got in later because it's it's like they saw the money I mean, come on, let's be honest, like money is one hell of a, a motivator, right? Um, <laughs> it is. So, I mean, would I be been able, I would have been able to say the same things that I've been saying. I would be trying, you know, to, to push the same kind of message, you know, political, social, aesthetic message and as I've been doing doing now. Would have would would have that translated into kind of like um, economical rewards? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know that that's the thing. And and I just and I just finished reading a book. Like I, would, I that's another one. Then that I like artists. I think they should read. It's called The Psychology of Money. Mm. One of the best financial books. I like. I don't read financial books. I understand. You know, because if I if I read about like it's it's crypto. Like I I just want to get more into crypto. But this is kind of like one of the first financial books that I ever read. And he talks a lot about like like rich people, how how lucky they got. But once they make money, 
it's very difficult to get them to acknowledge how luck played a big part in their success, right? Because when you become successful, right, you don't you don't want to acknowledge that you in some way got lucky for exactly. many many like diverse reasons, right? Um, so so I think you know I it's I got lucky, you know, I got lucky. I was in the in the I I, I got the opportunity to be involved with NFTs and crypto before crypto art, you know, became big, you know, and I was in the position, I have the resources, um, many, many things were, 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 were in place so that I, when I saw the opportunity to become a crypto artist, just because it seemed super cool to me, it didn't, it didn't matter if I was going to make money out of it, I was able to do it, you know, so, 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 so I got lucky, you know, I, I, and I know that I'm, I'm talented in this area and that other area, and I'm able to do this well, and I'm able to communicate what I want and to And you're persistent. Right. And I'm persistent, Damn. right, definitely. And I'm pushing forward. Um, but I got I to gotta admit that 50%, it was because I got in early, probably, and that was pure luck. And, yeah. So I, I don't know if I answer all the question there's something missing that i miss yeah no i think so i think you answered the second part for sure which is like you know um you would still be you like there could still be uh, another carlos marcial who has something that they want to say through their art that could come in and that's what you'd be doing right now but the timing of coming in earlier definitely helped and it helped the whole movement right because it wasn't driven by money it was driven by sincerity and and art and principle and things like that but then, yeah, I guess, right. and I think you kind of answered the first part too, uh, which is like, is that opportunity still there? Well, maybe the money not as much is kind of what I'm hearing, but like the opportunity to be part of this community and express yourself mm-hmm. is is like mm-hmm. more there, you know, now than ever. Yeah, I think one one. I, 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 I become like I become a little bit skeptical. Like I I I didn't know what like survivor bias was when I started having some kind of like you know, success in, in crypto art. And, and, and I was, I was uh, much more naive than I'm, than I'm right now. And I remember being like telling, you know, especially like Latin American artists, you know, because that's kind of like, you know, that's my audience. Like I want to be able to talk to, to, to other Latin American artists um, because I, 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 I knew that there was kind of like, there was an opportunity, there was some potential in there. Like, you know, for, for people that, that come from, from, from where I come from to be heard and to be seen, right? Um, but now I have to be honest and realize that maybe I was a little bit naive. Like, you know, some of them did, you know, saw the opportunity and jump in and, and, and it happened, right? But, but there's so many factors that have to fall in place for, for an artist to have success. And, and, and you probably could like ask all artists and they will tell you different things, right? Like there's no consensus around like what will make you successful <coughs> as an arti- artist, let alone a digital artist using a fucking new technology that's only been around for like five years, you know, like, so, so there's no recipe. There's no way. So I, I, I've kind of like, sorry to talk so much. So <laughs> I've, 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 that's, that's why you're here, homie. <laughs> that's why I'm here. 
um, I've kind of like uh, take it down a notch in kind of like saying, oh, no, no, no you, you can get into NFTs and, you know, and it open up, you know, this whole world for you. Um, and if you do this and you do that and you persevere and whatnot, you might become successful. Like I've toned that down like consider considerably. Um, and I've become maybe a little bit more skeptical, you know, um, and I think it's healthy, you know, um, to have kind of like a critical distance, even with the, with the community and the place that one is, you know, part of, part of, you know, so that I don't become overly ideological. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a fucking revolution and it's going to change everything. Um, and, and it's, it's not, it's not like that, you know, and I don't, I don't want to fool people. I don't want to, I don't want to give, especially, like I said, Latin American people, Latin American artists. I don't want to give them false hopes, you know, that it's, you know, quickly, that it's easy. Right. Um, no. So, so is there opportunity? I think there is, there is right. And, and you have to be like what, what a lot of artists did in 2018 and 19, like you have to put your head down. Um, like Dan said, be persistent, be, be, be consistent, be here because you want to be part of the of the community, right? Um, and don't still keep your day job, maybe. You know, being completely honest, keep your day job. You know, it's a process. Becoming like a full-time artist, it's a, it's a fucking process. Yeah. It doesn't happen, usually it doesn't happen overnight. Like I've been doing my digital art for, for a lot, you know, for the longest time. I, the only thing that I could get for, that I could get for it was design jobs, right? At design studios and do animations for like pretty animations for a fucking, you know, soda brand or a sneaker brand. That, that was the kind of things that I was doing, you know? And, and then all of a sudden there was an opportunity to become an artist and I, and I took it, but it's not like, oh, you, you have to be, you have to be doing it, you know? Long, long before you, 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 the, the opportunity gets presented to you. Totally, right? totally I get that. I think it was Seneca that said that Seneca, the, the, the old Greek philosopher, said that luck is when uh, when when you're when you're ready when opportunity shows up. That's luck. So the opportunity presented oh, itself, and you were ready to take it. I mean, how how much more more luck do you want? Yeah, when hard work, exactly. when effort meets opportunity. I've got a million other questions yes. I, I would love to talk to you about, but I think we're going to transition to our, our, a different kind There's of that question. Cue. There's the cue. There's the cue. Carlos Marcial, sir, hold there one second. We're going to head into a pre-roll, and then we're going to okay. keep you for 22 questions. Cool. Thank you so much, homie. Back of your NFTs, I'm Jason Bailey. I'm doing a rap. NFT collectors, did you realize fewer than 10% of NFTs actually store all the files on the blockchain? That's because it's really expensive to store files on the blockchain. Instead, about 90% of your NFT collection is dependent on marketplaces paying to store and pin the files. If those marketplaces go out of business, poof, there goes the value of your NFT collection. Go to clubnft.com and create a local backup of your NFTs for free. Your JPEGs will thank you. The art business is very volatile. Glorious, dank, splendor. Dank. 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 Dank.
Testing, testing, testing. Welcome back to The Dankness. We're just about to hop into 22 questions. This is a segment where we ask our guest a slate of 22 randomly, not so random selected questions. A note to our guest, please don't overthink your answers. It's easier if you don't think about the answer too much. Um, a note to our audience, if you'd like to submit a question to be included in 22 questions in future episodes, just feel free to reach out directly to us at hello at depopstudios.xyz. No. Carlos Marcial. I overthink everything. I'll try not to overthink exactly. because I cool. overthink everything. Okay. Let okay. it go. Let it go, brother. Are you ready for 22 right, questions? Please come. I'm not sure, but let's go. Bailey with the first. All right. Carlos, buddy, what did you eat for breakfast? I ate uh, eggs and bread. Eggs and bread. Scramble eggs. I can eat 40 eggs. Yes. Carlos Marcial, describe this. No, 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 an omelet. An omelet. Sorry, I'm, I started lying. Yeah, you don't want to lie. Don't, you. don't, don't already stressed I, I, you out. <laughs> don't, don't try to impress us with your, break, your, your imaginary breakfast. <laughs> he was just about with the first question. Yeah. He was like but so was casual, like, too. He was but, like, but, like but, eggs and bread. Like, but, 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 like, right, but it, it's like it's eggs and bread. But then I said scramble eggs. And I said, no, I spend the, the time making myself and my wife a fucking omelet. Like, I love omelets. I said, I said. And I can, and I can. I said you were going to keep always, it real. Do you always make breakfast for her? <laughs> yes, indeed. Ah, Man, I, it doesn't matter Like if, if you're on the top of the crypto art game, you can still make breakfast for... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, <laughs> that, is, that is A-plus husband right there. Breakfast. She's been my support. Right, See, I, I'm where I am because of Alondra. That's her name. So whenever I get the chance to like make her breakfast, I'll do it. You know, That's the least thing I could do. After giving me three kids. Mm. And I love an omelet. <laughs> it's it's a, good yes. Choice. Sorry, sorry. No, okay, I'll try to, to be more concise. Okay. This is perfect, actually. <laughs> Carlos, this is probably going to trip you up a lot. Question number two, describe the state of your bed right now. Um, it's it's uh, it's me. It's done. We, we, my wife and I, like, do it together. <laughs> so it's made. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, pencil or pen, preferred brand, sir. Um, I don't, I don't have a. I, I'm, I'm gonna send pen. Um, yes, pen. I don't have a, a, a preferred brand, but I'll probably I'll come with like preferred brand because I'm getting also into uh, pen plotters for generative art. Very cool. So I'm getting into that too. Yes, yes, yes. I'm ordering my first one. You know, um, very soon. Yes, but, but pen. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you received your first computer? Um, well, the first computer that was at my home, my, my dad is a, a paint professor in the university, the National School of Art in Puerto Rico. And he was given a computer when I was probably like nine or ten. So he could kind of like get into digital art because it was in the 90s and people were trying to get like the traditional artists into digital artists. And they chose my dad. To, to get um, a computer and he never used it. Wow. It was me. Is he, was is me he the still at the had. University of, in, of Puerto Rico? He, yes, yes. He's still a, a painting professor. Uh, I love yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So both, I know we're not supposed mm-hmm. to go too long on any one question, but we can always cut some <laughs> off at the end. Both, both your parents teach <laughs> art? Your mom is art history? Your dad teaches painting? Is that, is that what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, my dad is a, a painting professor. 
And my mom used to teach um, Spanish. She, she was a Spanish professor. Uh, but then she got into like the history of art side of things. So she could also move up. She's in the University of Puerto Rico. They're in different universities. My, my dad is in the National School of Art. And my mom is in the University of Puerto Rico. And she did uh, her thesis work was about the change of the market in Puerto Rico uh, during the transition between the Spanish and the Americans. The fact that... Like that how, how, sorry, go mm, ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to end it. Like, the, market, the art market changed. You know, when, when we were a colony of, the, of, the, of Spain, the people that consume art was another... It was Spanish. You had more... And then um, when, when the Americans came into Puerto Rico, um, the market changed, right? And that also um, changed what painters were doing. Yeah, I was just going to mm -hmm. say the fact that you are who you are makes so much sense now, right? Like, you know, with who your parents are and how you were raised. So you very, very interesting. I'm going to jump I mean, art to... professors in Puerto Rico. I mean, it's such a, it's such a charged place, as, as, yeah, as we know. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it's yes. an incredible, incredible experience growing up there, I'm sure. Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Best friends, yes. Favorite author, writer, speaker, Carlos? Um, I'm going to say Roberto Bolaño. He's a Chilean author. Um, great. Uh, uh, probably the most famous contemporary Latin American author right now. You can find it in English and many other languages. But if you want to, like, get into with kind of like the mindset of like postmodernist Latin American mindset, oh. you should probably read Roberto Bolan from Chile. He he got exiled after the after the fast fascist dictatorship after Pinochet. He had to leave and he went to live in in Barcelona, in Spain. Um, he was thrown out because of his polit political involvement. Wow. Yes. <clears throat> What's your favorite arcade game? Tekken. 3D. That's maybe why I like 3D. Tekken. Yes. Good choice. Yes. Oh. Yes. Preferred pizza topping and least favorite pizza topping. Least favorite. Ah, oh, man, I don't think I have favorite one. Maybe pear and blue cheese. Um, people always talk about pineapple, but I think pear. 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 Yeah. Pear. Yeah. I think it's the best topping you can have. It's such a good a, choice. It's a very good choice. Yes. And least. Um, like cheese, like, you know, like boring, like only like cheese. Like I need some kind of fruit and yeah. <laughs> what even is that? Yeah. What's, what, was your, what was your favorite animated series as a child? The Smurfs. <clears throat> wow. One vice you'll openly, like the Smurfs. one vice you'll openly admit. <laughs> Coffee. Coffee. I've had all, all vices. At this point in my life, I've tried them all, but the one that I cannot shake off is it's coffee. I need coffee in the morning, or otherwise I'll get like a fucking massive headache. Yeah, so that's... An often overlooked aspect of your personality is? Often overlooked. What don't people know about who you are? That I really care about, you know, people and this, that, that, that I'm, that I'm caring. You know, that I'm caring. Like, I care, like, if you're doing well, if the world is doing well, that that I care. That I'm not here just for the ride. Yes, probably. Mm -hmm. Favorite era of art? This one. 
What's your favorite this era one. of... No, this one. Art is great, this one. Great answer. This one. Great answer. This With one. no hesitation. I, 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 no, no I, don't, I don't have any nostalgia for the past. I'm not that kind of artist. I don't have nostalgia. I, I, I care for the past as long as it informs the present, right? But I wouldn't want to live in like 1930s Paris or in like 1970s New York. I couldn't care less. You know, there's nothing better than, than, than being able... To to um to understand you know what historical thing is happening right now and being able to play some kind of role in that so this one this ground this one. is like mm. no ground I've ever seen before. If you could change one thing about your neighborhood, it would be about my neighborhood. Ah, I'm mean in this neighborhood. I'm in Lisbon. I I I wouldn't I wouldn't change. Man, I hope no Portuguese is listening to this. I wouldn't change anything. It's perfect. That's right, baby. <laughs> um, well, I'm asking from New York City, so I'm like, uh, here's my list. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, it's, man, like, no. I don't know if you guys have been in Lisbon, but it's Beautiful. it's very nice. People are really nice. The way, like, it has it has the, the the most amount of sunshine in all of Europe. Like, you get the most amount of sunshine. Um, it's people are, 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 are not like Italians. Maybe they're, they're like loud and they're, they're more toned down. So I, but I, I like that also because I come from all that energy from like Mexico city and Puerto Rico and I'm very loud and I'm very like, you know, jittery and I see the Portuguese and they calm me down you know? mm. and, and I've been really enjoying that and like taking the time to enjoy life and take it easy and with my coffee, my espresso coffee, with my pastel de nata, and yes, 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 I've been enjoying it. So I wouldn't change anything. At least not yet. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, I'm, it's, it's been just a short period of time. Like, give me a year, maybe two years. You, you have oh, your scrambled man. eggs and your toast. Oh wait, no, that that was a lie. That that, that one perfectly was perfectly made bed. <laughs> yeah, you're perfectly made bed. Yeah, so, so, Carlos, what's an art? An art I'm living the life. What's an artwork that you don't <laughs> own but you wish you did? Um, art it is. It, it, like like uh, NFT. Any any artwork. Art any, any artwork. Any time period. You will take art. You will I, enjoy I, art. Man, I would love to own a Diego Rivera or, or uh, Wilfredo Lam, which is a Cuban, Afro-Cuban artist. You know, he was part of like the surrealist. I'm um, probably the, the only um, Caribbean, like Latin American, but also Caribbean artist that was around like Picasso and Bragg and, and Leyer and Gris and all of those. Um, and, and I think he's kind of like undervalued, you know. Um, but for actually for the longest time, he held the record for the highest selling auction. And then the Mexicans came in, Diego Rivera, and then Frida Kahlo. But first, no, 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 actually he, he, he was gonna beat it and he, he never got the chance. It never happened, it, it never materialized. Um, but he's kind of like there, like he, you know, he could probably in some years beat Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo, who knows? So I would love to own one of his paintings. Love Lamb, mm. great choice. So this question you can sort of ask in a metaphorical sense or a literal one, but Mm -hmm. well, describe your first psychedelic experience. It can be induced with substances or just a mind-expanding moment in your life. The first one, the first one. Uh, It was like in in you probably know this then, 
right? In Puerto Rico, there's a carnival. Uh, La Fiesta de San Sebastián. It's yes. a journey carnival. Is it in January? It's been so, so long today. Yes. Been, um, and I, I was like 16, maybe 17, and I took some acid. Um, and I was crazy. Imagine taking acid in, and then... Walking around Old San Juan. Walk, walking around old, old San Juan in the middle of a fucking carnival. Like, I, it, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's an that's incredible time on the island, too, yeah. to, to visit for anyone who hasn't been to Puerto Rico. Right. December, right. January, right. I mean, it's so it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And, and, and if you don't take anything and you just see those <laughs> carnivals, it's quite oh, surreal, man. right? And you see the art and you see the puppets with the big heads and the music and, uh, um, you know, uh, like all the stimulation. But if you get the chance to do it on acid, <laughs> it's something else. It's something else. I, I would need a helper. Like uh, I can't. I can't trip, trip without like a guidance counselor, like a helper, or a chaperone. That's the word I'm looking for. Trip sitter. Trip sitter. I wouldn't yeah. do it now. Like I, I was just young and, and and bold, and you know, and I wouldn't do it now. I don't know how I didn't go into because did you? Like you, I would turn a corner. And then there's like these big puppets that are made for the carnival. And, you know, I, I was tripping the balls. And then one of these massive puppets starts coming my way. I like the like, paper mache with the giant the heads. Ah, I love, yeah, those are wild. And I would, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. And then I would like, like, I, I thought I was, you know, actually, but, but, but actually it, it, it gave me, I think, up to, to this day, like what carnival is all about. It's about that surprise like being sort like mm. you break the rules right because and a little scared kind of like, right like a little yeah, and you're a little bit scared yeah. because ca- carnival in the caribbean latin american tradition is the time where the poor people right the slaves you know were, were able to to break the rules and kind of like flip the whole hierarchy of society right and in the in the carnival in san juan you have the puppets are dressed kind of like the spaniards Right, because it was a, it's it's the only opportunity you know the poor black and brown people have to make fun of the people in power, right? So it's 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 a, a total deconstruction of, of 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 the power system that are in place. So having that with acid, mm. don't you smell the acid in the air? Direct line to master crypto artist. I love that. See how it all comes together now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what what website, Carlos, has had the the greatest impact on you in your life? By now, probably Super Rare. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. That is a really good answer. Probably Super Rare. By like at this point in my life, yes, definitely because that, that was my entry point into crypto art. So yeah, so that, it changed my life and my family life. That one yes. that one was free Super Rare, but the next one you had to become a sponsor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's club NFT. Actually, now that oh, I there you go. Be, you know, right answer. My, I might, I, I might be club NFT or the Agnes podcast. Right click oh, save. Those, yeah. Right click save. Check, all, all check, checks, checks in the mail, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just copy my eighth address. Yeah, there you go. That works too. Yeah. Check. Carlos, <laughs> tell us about an experience that you've had with a collector that's been particularly impactful. Um, 
Man, I, I've had like good ones and bad ones, but probably good ones like when I met Basileus. Um, <clears throat> he came over to Lisbon uh, for the past year's NFC, the Non Fungible Conference, and we just hit it off. And we met in real life, and he came to my home and sat down with my family, and I met his wife, and he met my kids, and that was that was pretty awesome, you know. Like, and and to discover that we we have so much in, in common and, and, and I appreciate that. I mean, he's my biggest collector, actually. I've heard wonderful he's things my, about him, yeah. Yeah, he's a wonderful person, wonderful human being, um, really believes in, in all of this. Like, you know, you have the, the, a lot of people talk about like the OG crypto artists. I don't think we talk enough about like the OG collectors, obviously Jason also being one of them. Um, and Basileus is, is definitely one of them. Yeah, but yes. got to meet him in um, uh, Mexico City, um, and just a, mm. a, a smart, calming, you know, presence. Um, you know, just Definitely. a good guy that just like always does the right thing. So lucky to have him in our community. If you could yeah. meet yeah. anyone, Carlos, who would it be and why? Man, I right now I'm, I'm because I'm getting really into like the, the generative art thing. There's this German painter that works with, like, he, I think he uses a plotter. I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't been able to find images, like, and he doesn't mention it in, in, in the description of his artworks, but he's been doing very well for himself, you know, in the, in the traditional art world. Um, his name is, Ma I, 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 I don't know German, so it's Marco, that's easy, Greyhard, I think it is. Um, and he's mixing, um, He's mixing the algorithms, you know, he's, he's using the plotter to paint them, and then he's working on top of them. Um, and I think that's crazy. I, I never, like, I know, like, Tyler Hobbs do a little bit of that, but this dude is working on canvas, and he has, like, massive, so I think he, he, he constructed, like, his own plotter, maybe from, like, 80 printed parts, and he's using it to, to, to help him or to collaborate with him on this massive um canvases wow. um and, and i would love to meet that guy i would Very love cool. to like pick his mind That's well if he's listening he should reach right, out ladies definitely please Marco. you have one yes. option you can time jump into the random future or time jump back to the random past what do you choose oh man that's too difficult no ah no, I don't know. Let me jump into the future, maybe. Yes, I'm hoping. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the future that we're <laughs> that we're still in here, and yeah, and it's good. Past man, you can always you know Journey jump into the, the robotic flag. You're a black dude. You jump into slavery. <laughs> you're done. Yeah, you're done. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. everybody thinks, oh, you're 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 Mexican, so you jump back and you're kind of like the 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 chief, you know. You're, you're on top of the, of the pyramid and you're not the guy getting, you know, his head cut off. Nah, I don't know. Maybe the future, for sure. All right. I, I'm going to call this last <laughs> last question, Carlos, and then we'll wind it Into down. Uh, ideal afterlife scenario. So what do you want to have happen when, when you croak? I'm assuming um, things can get I mean, I'm in the metaverse. Yeah. I realize that, I, that, some, that it was... You know, it was figured out, and that I'm I'm inside some kind of interesting simulation, and that my consciousness oh, wow. has been uploaded 
and I can appreciate NFTs for, for eternity. We get we get that answer or variation on it quite a bit. And you know what my 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 response is, Carlos, is that like when I think of metaverse, I think of the 3D metaverse, which is like always empty and cold and sterile. But I'm sure your metaverse is like a, a warm, happy, celebratory metaverse. Definitely. Like ephemeral, there's clouds. <laughs> yeah. Hot dogs That's doing kickflips. Yeah. Sexy tropical vibe. <laughs> yeah. All kind of geeks, crazy geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, it's, 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 um, it's a simulation, right? So it can, it can be whatever... I'm hoping that you know whoever plugs me into the into that I don't have to be roaming free in in the metaverse, right? I I, I, I maybe I don't want to live in, in 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 your side of the metaverse. I, you know, it's too jarring or whatever. I just want to like live like in my in my uh, how do you say it in English? Uh, when you die, right? Like this is the kind of metaverse that I want to have, right? Please create this and. Plug me in there. I love it. I love it. Thank. With that, Carlos Marcial, dude, thank you so much for joining us today on the Dankness. It is it's a pleasure to chat with you, man. Um, the pleasure is all mine. I mean, the, the intro was the best intro ever. You guys are both brilliant, you know. I mean, it's a pleasure to finally get to know you better than. And Jason, it's always a pleasure to talk to this guy. It's my my guru. My my crypto guru. So whenever I need something, I I I, I ask for for Jason's spirit to, to materialize and help me. Mm. We all do that to Jason, mm-hmm. I think. That's a lot um, of pressure. Carlos, yeah. keep, keep us updated for for you know your next drop and everything. We we would love to share it. Uh, Perfect. You know, on on all of our channels and everything, and, and please come back to the dankness. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Let, let me. Let me. Spend some more time on the whole generative things that I've been starting to do right now. And hopefully next time, you know, we can, you know, get more into that. Um, and and you, you'll see it, right? Now. Like, it'll, it'll be there for you guys to see it, basically. Awesome. Yes. Very excited for Thank that. You. Thank you. Awesome. For coming. Thank you for coming. Carlos, you are the best, man. So Thank good. you so, so much, Thank homie. You. Thank you so, so much. You, you guys are doing, you know, the metaverse God's work. You know, this is what we need right now this kind of work, you know, this kind of discussions. I, I just want to, you know, before I go to let you guys know that this is it, you know, appreciate because, that. Um, I, I feel like a lot, I, 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 some artists feel like, you know, the, the market, they're not selling, whatnot, like it's difficult, it's difficult, but, but then, you know, this is what we have. We have the culture, we have the community, you know, this is what will keep it alive. to thank everybody I, for I would coming. like to thank everybody for listening to today's episode and I would like to thank our specialist esteemed guest Carlos Marcial once again I would like to thank Dan for and Stella for putting up with me um, and uh, thank you Art no, but especially thanks for Stella for, for putting up uh, where, where can people actually where can people uh, find out more about Carlos Marcial check out Carlos and his work you can stay up to date with everything that he's doing at Carlos Marcial T that's at C-A-R-L-O-S M-A-R-C-I-A-L-T Carlos Marcial T and then you can find us on the interwebs at thedankness.xyz newhere.xyz and clubnft.com back up. remember back up back your up. NFTs and then you can also find us on our personal accounts at artgnome.com 
and at Dan underscore Sickles. Thank you all so much for being with us today. This is Flood's AI-generated assistant speaking on behalf of himself and Stella. Flood and Stella are extremely busy working on making the dankest danktones for the upcoming episodes. Here is a chat GPT, intro to them and their work on the dankness. Flood and Stella are audio-visual artists collaborating to make waves in the dankiverse with their trippy, acid-infused art project called the Danktones. They have been super busy lately, working around the clock to create some mind-bending image composition, NFT art that's about to turn heads in the community. They're hitting all the retro music store vibes. The podcast cover art includes stickers, holographics, shrink wrap, and even some redacted sound effects. Yes, you heard that right. This wild duo is bringing back physical media vibes in a big way with this release. But it's not just the medium that's impressive, it's the audio-visual art itself. Blood and Stella's art is truly something special, with bright, bold colors and intricate patterns and zany sound effects that will have you feeling like you're tripping on acid. So if you're a fan of NFT art and you're looking for something a little bit different, definitely check out Flood and Stella's The Danktones Project. Thanks for your time. Have a dank 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 dank